This is a Sharp Old Hat podcast, and my name is Chris. It's a conversation about Kinvar with someone who knows this place like no one else. He and his wife welcomed us to these parts and made sure that we stayed, for which we'll be forever grateful. This is a chat with my friend Bertilinan. Test, test. <laughs> um, but you are from Northampton, so I'm, that's I'm that's born Kinvara. and reared in Kinvara, one of the few. But Northampton is Kinvara, or is, Northampton is, is in the parish of Kinvara. But I was born in a little village called Cahar Avonin, just about one mile from the school of Northampton School. But that's the same parish of Kinvara. It's the same. Yes, uh, Doris Kalina. Uh, yeah. Caravoni, Northampton, Cahermore, uh, um, Mount Scribe, all in the parish of Kinvara. All oh, right, yeah. Right. And this is a, a, a little village area. Oh. Right. But the village that I came from uh, and back in 1954, now the world knows they all thought it was 1964 or 68 I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Edit out that, please. <laughs> but yeah. Television was invented. Bo- born in, yeah, you did, right? Uh, it wasn't, inve- well, it was invented, but it wasn't uh, in Caravonian or Northampton at that time. But yeah, sure. You know? I mean, television uh, you wouldn't have had in the house. Yeah. It, we were in 1960s before, uh, yeah. before we had a TV, oh. right? It was the 1960s before we had a car. Yeah. Right. So I was, like I said, I went to school in Northampton National School. Right. Now, where Northampton got its name from, it's hard to know. But it goes back to the landlords in, in the area, uh, back about maybe 18, 1830, 1840, right? But they would have been English. The they would be English, but yeah. there were none of the name Northampton, right? Uh, it was, um, so, but very close to the Northampton school, there was a landlord's house, which is about maybe 400, 500 yards. Okay, yeah. so that area there. And actually, it was a, a man by the name of Mahan who would be, who'd been given the land, but he would be Irish, but he would be, it was given the land. And he built the first national school there in Northampton, which is about yeah. 100 metres uh, guard side of the present school, yeah. which my father went to school in. That was built in 1853. Oh, right. Yeah, right. and in... Uh, Yes, 1953, the, the new, we call it the new school, even though now it's 70 years old, <laughs> was built. That's the one I would It's still called the new school. It is called, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the only one that's there now. I get you. But the old, the old school, uh, that's where my dad went to school, right? Yeah. Right, and that was uh, in the 19, early 1900s, yeah. you know. And was your mother from the area as no, well? No, my mother was from uh, Ardrahan. Uh, her name was Birmingham. Oh, okay. So, you know, you see the, the company, you see the names, yeah. you know, Birmingham. I know Birmingham, Maiden, actually, yeah. Birmingham, England, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, Northampton, yeah, yeah. England, you know, yeah. it, it's a connection of names, why, I don't know. But the uh, Birmingham name would probably have come uh, across the Shannon yeah. from, based awfully would be kind of the roots of it. Okay, but, but when uh, I say, was your mother from the area? So in my view, of course she was from the area because Adran isn't that far yeah. away. Yeah. But then again, when you say you got the first car in the 1960s. That's right. It, it is a real bicycle, journey. like Bicycle travel. Yeah. Right. And she'd be about eight miles from where uh, she came to live in Mary. Yeah. Right, but eight miles are eight miles when you um, do it um, on foot. Like, whereas eight sure. miles now, you just hop in the car and you'll be there uh, five minutes later. Yeah. Like, right? It were probably traveling by horse and cart at the time. Yeah. But I remember when we were chi- <laughs> when we were children, right? And uh, up until we got a car, not really, I suppose, up until we got a car. But uh, a few years before we got a car, up until then, 
we went to mass by pony and trap. <laughs> it was beautiful. How I, many of you? The, well, you could only fit about seven or eight, but there was nine in, in my nine children in the family, <laughs> right? All under twelve. Right. <laughs> They're small enough, so somehow you stacked them. <coughs> we did, and I remember on Christmas mornings, you know, on winter mornings, uh, going to mass, uh, maybe eight o'clock mass in Canberra. And uh, they went the pony in the trap. The trap was beautiful. Right? <laughs> we loved it as children, right? Uh, and we were pretty, uh, pretty swanky as well, you know, uh-huh. uh, compared to other people as well. A lot of people didn't have a trap. Uh-huh. Now, we were fairly poor. But you wouldn't have been the only one with the horse and trap. No, 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 not uh-huh. at all. No, we wouldn't. But uh, not everyone had it. And uh-huh. then uh, people then started to hire a car, we'll say. There was a hackney they call it, or a taxi, well, now oh, right. we call it. Yeah. Um, a, a person would have, a, a private person would have a car. Yeah. There was uh, Mary Lally, and they're all deceased yeah. now. There's Mike Halvey in the village of Canvara, and there was uh, Keneally's. They had a car as well. So you, you would pay your, whatever, two shillings to pick you up to go bring you to Mass on a Sunday. Right, up until mm-hmm. uh, we got a car. And then our neighbours, one of my neighbours got a car much earlier than we did. And he would pick us up as well and bring yeah. us to Mass, you know. This is odd because I think we're actually heading that direction where we have that communal car again. Absolutely. You know, it's just that kind of you're goes very, full you're circle. Right. Now. Yeah, because communal was, uh, was a big yeah. thing uh, when I was young. Mm. You know, what we called, <clears throat> there's an Irish word called mehel, mm-hmm. right? Kind of a, a group, community helping and uh, supporting. And uh, when we did the farm work, uh, uh, because we had all sorts of, uh, crops and stock and so in the, in the small farms yeah. but everyone else had small farms as well uh, so they would, when they came to harvest time uh, or came all would help right they would do Lenans first which is my surname or yeah. the Fords would do it theirs next and my dad would be with them and we would be with them and they would be helping us and the Murphys as well so those three families always did the the, the, the harvest work together the farm work together so if there was bad weather forecast and you had the hay down, of course, ah. as I said. No, everybody and, gathered quickly. Uh, and it would have been the same, like, you know, someone has a hole in the roof or something, like, you know. Oh, so you basically, means. Johnny helps Jack and Jack helps Jimmy and then they uh, all go back to Johnny and absolutely. do it all over again. And it's also, brilliant. you yeah. know, at, it could be nighttime and you'd have, a, in the farm, sure. you'd have a cow calving. Yeah. And with giving trouble, it was difficult yeah. to get to, to take the calf. Right? So it's a real community. Yeah. yeah. But you had no phones. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is a, a little bit of a challenge. Which, when you think right. about it, that was beautiful. It no was. Well, there's a funny incident happened when um, uh, one of my neighbours, uh, their uh, child was making First Communion. Mm. Right? Now, the the, um, the people there are best friends and still are my best friends as well, you know, after all those years, 70 or 80 or 100 years maybe. They're, they're amazing people. But uh, their daughter was making the First Communion. They opened the shoebox for the nice light white shoes, okay, but hadn't opened it before the Sunday morning, <laughs> and there was two different shoes in it. <laughs> Ouch. So, so down to my dad, right, across the fields, which is maybe took about uh, five or six minutes to run across the fields. Dad took off on his bicycle, went to Canvara, <laughs> to Shocknesses, uh, right, you know what Harvest Healing is now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's where John Joe Shockensy had a drapery ah, shop. Okay, yeah. And uh, Paul was uh, the son that uh, ran it later in life, uh-huh. right? Right beside Connolly's. And down he had to go knock on Shockensy's door and get the right side shoe or bring it back <laughs> up again, you know? But that's what community spirit was. Yeah. Well, to some degree, we wish they doing it. I mean, you and me, we help yeah. each other all the Absolutely. time. If you need to lift here and there and, you know, you kind of help each other. But yeah. 
that's more commodity, I think, in, it is. in our day now. Whereas in, in the old days, it was an absolute necessity. It was. Kind of reminds me of that community I told you before about in East Berlin, like me being from West Berlin. Yes. I'm experiencing for the first time this type of community where it's actually not so much a necessity anymore, but it was just ingrained in people. Now, this Saturday, we are all doing jacks. Yes. Garage. At, yes. And the following Saturday, we are all going over to Jimmy's. Yes house or garden but yeah there's necessity and commodity there's the difference yes. probably but, but it, you it, helped each other all the time then obviously out of necessity yeah absolutely but it, it was such a simple thing it was taken for granted it wasn't yeah. a big deal That's you didn't take beautiful. a deep breath and say, oh god god yeah. he wants yeah. me to help him with the hay you know that didn't happen you saw it yourself yeah. and you say you know you know you probably need to do the hay this week uh, before the weekend yeah. it's going to rain you know you, for your neighbor and it, it, was, uh, it was a very interesting time, even when we were going to school, you know, like I said, we had a very big family, well, not necessarily the biggest in the mm. area. Well, nine is an awful lot of children, it is, isn't it? It wasn't fairly average at the time. There was 12 in some of the families that went to the national school in, in Northampton. Okay, it's before television, so people yeah, had the long evenings. Long evenings, content. nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, you had to pass the time. You know, so uh, we had nine of us. When I was born in 1954, yeah. uh, it just shows you the the services that are available now. And this is no reflection, and maybe it is, but I'm not willing to say, admit it. It's no reflection on the people of today, hmm. right, who have two children and finding it very difficult to manage them, right, or three nah, children. Nah. Right. We had nine, my, but I was born, I was the fifth child born. Mm. And my mother walked at three o'clock the, on the Saturday, that I was born, walked over two fields for two buckets of water to the well because mm. we didn't have running water. Nobody All had right, it at the yeah. time. You know, you didn't have, you had pots under the bed and you had outside toilet. Yeah. That was it. Okay. Right? So you didn't have taps, you didn't running, we didn't have mm. running water and neither did our neighbours or anybody else. But she walked over, carried two buckets of water back, two fields, sat into bed and, and that was three o'clock, sat into bed and had me at half past five. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dinner ready that evening? children. Uh, four more children uh, um, before me, and they were probably under six. Yeah. Yeah, when you look at it from, from our perspective now, it, it, it sounds like a really tough life. But at the same time, when you're living it and you don't know any different, right. it is just the way things were. Absolutely. And um, I'm sure it was much better in 1954 than it would have been in 1854. Absolutely. You know, the generation of your grandparents, for example. Correct. So you take every kind of advance or every change as um, progress. That's right. Yeah. But the women of that time, you know, the, the work that they did, and, and I'm saying they were, did more work than the men. All right. I yeah. do believe they did. Yeah. The men, okay, they worked in the farm. Yeah. But the women did everything else. Yeah. They milked the cows, uh, made the butter, uh, baked the bread. Looked after sure. the kids, yeah. knitted, my mother knitted everything we needed, mm. put patched, patches on all of our knees, <laughs> right? So, uh, those, seven yeah. of us going to the primary school in Northampton at one time. Yeah. Can you imagine the mornings? <laughs> when we get up in the morning, my mother would have two uh, brown, large brown wholemeal cakes baked, yeah. right? Uh, so, you know, it was a wonderful time yeah. uh, and it was, but everybody was in the same boat as well. Well, and you would have been probably uh, brought up by your elder siblings and the neighbor siblings. Yes. Like I, I would have grown up in, well, a 
in a very different environment, but right. not all that dissimilar because of the times. Like, I mean, I was born yeah. in 1970 and with the neighborhood, we had a very large neighborhood with the two or three kids in each house. Like, yes. And we brought each other up to some degree. And right. the older siblings kind of, they had to mind us at first when we were very little. And then as we got on, like we, um, well, we were basically told how to behave by yes. the elder ones and you got to slap every now and then as well. Yeah. And it was just, it worked. Yeah. And like it, it did work for us too. And it worked that they, and I know it was the same, I believe it was the same in most parts of Ireland, maybe that your neighbors reared you as well as your parents oh, without because question, they kept yeah. you in line. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And you were allowed to be kept in line by, yeah. you know, if you stepped out of line and you were doing something that wasn't acceptable, yeah. uh, the neighbor had a right and a duty and felt a responsibility to give you, to shout at you and yeah. threaten you or warn you. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. But we can't do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Like, that's, that's, I find that, uh, I'm not saying that we should, you know, we should either, but I yeah. just say we cannot do it. Yeah. It's yeah. very, I, I'm sure it's a lot more tricky anyway with all this modern technology and smartphones yes. here and there. And, and there are good reasons for legislation um, being there to protect the vulnerable, Absolutely. to protect children, uh, to protect uh, to people from domestic violence. And um, it's good that it's enforced Correct. and social Absolutely. work is important and all that. But when you're talking about the community, because it's a very closely knit community, and I'm not saying that nothing bad ever happened in closely yeah. knit communities because most violence is perpetrated by people you know. It is. But um, there is this sort of, um, the sense of it anyway, the far, as far as I remember it, that um, there were so many kids a bit younger, a bit older, mm. around, and there was a beauty in that you just went to someone else's house, had your dinner there, and it kind of all worked out. We looked after each other, and this is what you are kind of bemoaning, that um, now you can't even shout at anyone else's kid. Um, that wasn't even a thing. <laughs> think about it. If, the, if, if my buddy's mother shouted at me for doing something wrong, well, yeah. I took it as much as uh, I would have taken it from my own mother. Absolutely. There's no difference. But it's like uh, parents can't even shout at their own kids in some place. <laughs> so, so that's a different uh, topic uh, and a different I story. Heard, I, haven't, I haven't heard of that law yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't agree with that law either. But uh, that being said, uh, it, was a, it was a good time. And uh, yeah. it's, it's only when the odd car came that we would get an odd lip to work. We'd walk to, or to school. Yeah. We'd walk to school, uh, wet or fine. Yeah. You know, right throat. You know, it didn't matter. We didn't know it was wet. Yeah. It didn't matter to us. You're sitting in your wet clothes yeah. all day. There was a, sim a, sink, a small little fireplace in the, in the room. Yeah. Where the small little fireplace. Yeah. And you'd line up your bottles of uh, tea or cocoa, whatever it was. <laughs> so, but, but prior to that, you went out. When you came to school in the morning, five or six boys had to go out and pick some kippins and stuff and light yeah. the fire and, you know, and that was the central heat and those there in the school, <laughs> you know, and it was fine. We didn't notice. Well, you don't know any different. And I absolutely, I mean, obviously being just a couple of weeks younger than you, but um, yeah, there was, there was nothing wrong with the way, looking in retrospect now, uh, with the way we grew up. Um, sure, we all had bad times as well when we were kids um, not to glorify it too much but the, the whole setting I actually look back upon my own youth like we're just yeah it was a it was a good time yeah I and wouldn't I can, want to miss it yeah I can say I can say it was a good time I, yeah. I really don't have any uh, flashbacks of any any very hard yeah. uh, difficult time and uh, no, and I liked the national school uh, but a mm. lot of my uh, family didn't right you yeah. know and a lot of my friends didn't like it yeah. uh, at all but that's preference, obviously, did, individual preference. Yeah, oh, school again. Probably, if you do yeah. a survey, I'd say most of them didn't yeah. like 
the school yeah. and didn't like the way uh, it was being taught mm. and, the, and the strict rules that was there. But oh, uh, yeah. Did you have a uniform in national school? No, no, no. Okay. No, never yeah. had a uniform, actually, not even in secondary school. In oh, really? Yeah? Not until recent years. Then I think the, the uniform was a good idea, probably. Oh, I thought it was something that, that was no. in Ireland no, traditionally no, like. Definitely not. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe in the, uh, I'm not sure, but maybe in the religious-run schools. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But definitely not in, not in my national school or yeah. any of the rural national schools, yeah. no. But you were taught in English. Oh yeah, it was taught in English, yeah, but uh, okay. some of the subjects were taught through uh, through Irish. So some of them, yes, yeah, some of them. Ah, they, okay. they, the geography, uh, yeah, was, uh, talked through Irish, yeah. which is you know fine. And I liked the Irish subject myself, you know. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I always liked it, you know. Uh, very few practiced it uh, afterwards, but uh, I, I liked it, and I still like it. Yeah. You know, but I don't get an opportunity to practice it. Yeah. But uh, it's but a, you liked school anyway. So I liked school. I and was that lucky. was six years in national school. Uh, it's uh, suppose seven I'm maybe. Sure. You'd have uh, junior infants, senior infants, first, second, third, fourth. Oh age, right, but it was the regular eight, cycle eight, what eight they're years. doing yeah, these years. days as well. Eight like, years of primary school. Yeah, but you left then for secondary school. Second in school in. 12, 13, whatever uh, uh, people. Thirteen leave. a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, thirteen like that. because that time we didn't have transport to Gartenlish. You cycled until the year oh, yeah, that I started to go, oh, and then you had to cycle. You don't have a car. You had to cycle three miles to meet the bus then. Yeah, that was fine. It was good. Yeah. But we went to school, funny enough, we went to school, a secondary school in, in Gart. We went to school on uh, half day Saturdays as well, yeah. which was a pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Seamount was an all-girls school, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah so we couldn't go there. And no. That was the only option. Or, or more, I would that, imagine. Then. That's right. No, or more wouldn't be an option. From here, with no transport to see. And there wasn't yeah. a bus service anyways. Yeah. And the bus service that would supply Gart uh, for us came to Carmore, it was a mile and a half, yeah. a mile and a half away, you know. Yeah. So you cycled, well, two miles. You had to cycle to that junction. Mm. Each morning and cycle back in the evening. Yeah. But you could throw your bike on the side of the road and to be still there in the evening when you get back, <laughs> which was kind of unusual. But then again, you don't have those carbon frames <laughs> with 28 gears and what have you, like exactly. where the bike costs you two and a half grand. Yeah, so that, that moved on. Sure. And then I went to, yeah. to work uh, with a computer company in Galway, digital at the time, right, once I finished secondary school. Well, straight away, so you would have been then secondary yeah, I did school, a summer job with a, a, a company called Corbett's in Well Park in Galway City, where, okay. this, where the I Cinema is now. All right. That yeah. was a, and they did uh, extensions to houses, uh, you know, timber framed yeah. extensions. Yeah. But let's let's not jump too far ahead. So okay. na- in secondary school, um, y- you went to Gort, and I'm sure you liked school again in Gort. Yes. Um, but I wanted to actually ask you about sports because that must have been a big thing. A huge. Like, I mean, I see I see the scars; they're still you there. Do. But there um, yes, uh, the, the, when when did you start well, hurling? I, I'm trying to recall. There was no such thing as under eight, under tens. I don't even think there was an under twelve. I think it probably started under fourteen. So it's like it the young ones and the older ones, and that's it. So you fight your place. That's right. So under fourteen, <laughs> right? And there was yeah. competitions then under fourteen. Yeah. We were in um, County Galway. Was divided up into boards. Yeah. Uh, it was the North Board, sure. South Board, East Board, and West Board. So we, we, were, we were in the South Board, mm. which uh, included yeah. say. Gart Crockle and Kilcreast uh, and, you know, Adrahan and Ballandurian and yeah. that. And we would have competitions within yeah. that board, first of all. So you would have started in the club in around 12? Uh, around 12. Okay. Yes, yeah. and I cycled to the hurling pitch from yeah. Caravoni. Which Here is the same pitch in Kinvara, what we have now. Exactly, you know, oh, okay. across from where I live now. Yeah, oh. uh, that was built, I think, in 61, I think it was opened, 1961. Okay, so it falls into your time that it, the pitch it does. was there. It does, okay. very much so. But that was a huge part of, of, of that's all there was, really, yeah, mm-hmm. in sport at the time 
in and football wasn't an offer. There was a very uh, later on we had a junior football team. I played junior football, right? And yeah. they had a little bit of soccer. Okay. Right. A little. So bit you had a choice. It we wasn't like choice. you either do sports, mm. which is hurling in this particular yeah. instance, or no sport at all. Yeah. There was something there, but you would have just taken to hurling. But predominantly um, hurling. Yeah, and your bodies probably would have played hurling as well. I would imagine. Everyone. Yeah, and we played with, the, with the, the primary school yeah. with Northampton. I played with the secondary school in Gart, okay. right, which was, you know, very high class as well because you had uh, kids and boys from maybe 10 parishes, 10 areas, you know, huge uh, catchment area for the school in Gart. Yeah. So that was always a challenge to even yeah. get on a team, you know. And then in Canvara, we started the hurling, right, maybe like I said at that age. Uh, cycling to the pitch for training maybe mm. one evening a week and then if you had a game in Ballander in Radrahan or whatever you'd cycle there because we didn't have transport mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and very few you know they might the odd person might have a car and then they would tr- load in a few people you know and um, so then by the time I got to 18 I had a car I had started working it would have been the first one obviously I in the first age group yeah, there yeah. Um, black Anglia car IIN 36 <laughs> I thought I was a Ro- it was a Rolls Royce <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably was like that's we all think about our first car, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think I paid 150 uh, pound for it. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Marcus and Gart, right? <laughs> and my father think I was a fool to be doing it. Too young, you're yeah. mad, you know. What do you want a car for? But anyways, yeah. I had to because I had to go to work as well. Did you actually have driving licenses in those days? Oh yes, it did indeed. I did my driving test. Yeah. So um, you actually had a driving test and then you got on the road. That's right. That yeah, would have no, been that, a very unusual thing. Uh, yeah, I did a no. I had a. a, a Provisional license. Well, that's the thing because coming yes. from coming from Berlin, like you, before you get behind the wheel, they yes. make you do all sorts of stuff, which rightly so. Yes. I mean, you do a first aid course, and you have to do theoretical lessons, and you have to do driving on the motorway, driving at night, and all that sort of thing. Costs you an awful lot of money, and mm-hmm. then you do your test, and then you can b- get behind the wheel. And when I first came to Ireland in the early nineties, there were people that didn't have a driving license; they just had a provisional driving license, and it's kind of. How did you get that? Well, you just go to the cop shop, you get it, and you just drive. Obviously, insurance was more expensive, but that was beside the point. So people have virtually no education and training how to behave uh, in traffic and how to drive a car. Yes. So I did my driving test. Uh, I had my provision license for a short while, and then uh, you applied for your driving test, and then you get called, and I did my driving test in Lockray. And lucky enough, I got it the first time. Okay, which wasn't something that happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, no, somebody had had uh, six times, right? Three not times. Not you. Three, no, not me. But oh. Three times they were turned back because uh, the wing mirror was missing off the car. Oh, yeah, that, you that, bring your own car as well. Yeah, yeah, had to, yeah that's, that's right, yeah. You don't do that in Another Germany. Another one time they, 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 they test the driving test, or, I won't say who this person is, but the driving test sat into the car and he couldn't get out because the door handle was broken. <laughs> <laughs> So it happens. What are you going to do? He sent this person home three times <laughs> without even doing a test, you know. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was it. And then I started working in, in Galway. But you lived at home then. Still I lived at home, yes. And I drove into Galway every Drove day. into Galway, yeah. And uh, How much was the fuel? Oh, I'd say you could, for 10 shillings, you could have filled the, the, the tank. So in relation Count. to your wages, it would have been a lot less than what you would be paying now in relation to your wages. Yes, I started in, in digital on something like £27 yeah. in 1974, I suppose, 74 mm. maybe, yeah, on £27. Sure, I yeah. thought I was, you know, a rich man. Yeah, right? well, of course. I could, you know, I could give a few bob at home because, like, there was sure. still, you know, 
Well, uh, you're living there. We're living there, you. and yes, indeed, and there was still uh, four or five that hadn't been four that wasn't working yet. Oh, that's only yeah. fair, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I still had a few, uh, had some money, right? And I could go to, to the dance and uh, whatever yeah. on, in Gart on a on a on a, on a Sunday night. Yeah, but that's that's only fair. That's yeah. cool. But you were loaded because you had a job and you had a car, so you were it. I was the bee's knees, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my hair down to my shoulder. Oh, jazz. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I've seen actually pictures and the bell bottoms oh. and the bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you yes. music because I was born in around that time. Now. Yeah, and the colors of the shorts that were like donkey's ears that were so long. That's you know, right. And, you yeah, know, and, uh, cool. I was yeah. really cool. Yeah, the 70s. In my own head, you know. And, but um, you you, you drove I, then between Northampton and, and Galway every day. You still played hurling? I, oh, I played hurling, yes, indeed. And I How played, long did you play hurling then into <coughs> your life? I played a hurling until 1983, until I immigrated and until I went to Holland. Oh, right. But, but we, we were very successful during the 70s. Yeah. Uh, we, we won a, good, a lot of competitions. We had a very good group of lads coming through, you know, because yeah. most of them were... The, were same level, pretty very good. Some of them were better than than others. Some of them yeah. could be them were better than I was. But you're still in touch with those guys, wasn't it? Last year that meeting, you had some kind of we reunion. Were yeah, we were commemorating. Yeah, reunion. we were commemorating. Uh, we actually was commemorating the death of one of the lads that played with us in 1979. Oh, and he, but, but the fact that he died uh, in in um, in in, the, in near Dublin uh, uh, during COVID, yeah. we couldn't attend. Yeah, and we wanted to come in. He was an outstanding hurler, and so was other members of his family, the Cartons, Paddy Joe Cartons, his name. But there was three or four very strong families in 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 the parish, and still is at the time. Yeah. The Hubens from uh, uh, Doris, we call it. Yeah, right. And that's interesting and point I'm going to make as well. Uh, and it's it's still an, an enclave, right? Perceived, right? There's almost yeah. a border at Gatabon at the yeah as you go down. Right, uh, but in, in people's heads, yeah. right. But it just goes back to actually back in in the eighteen hundreds, right? I know jumping back now, we'll come back to it again. Back in the eighteen hundreds, um, even before the GA was founded in eighteen eighty four. Okay. Before that, the hurling in Canberra actually there's a history of it going back as far as fifteen seventy nine. Of hurling. Yes, of hurling. Of hurling. Right, okay. played with maybe 30 or 40 p- p- people on the pitch at the one time. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, no no, no goalposts. All right. Okay. And it may be one score and that it could go on for four hours. Right. Yeah. But, but there was three teams in Canberra at that time. Right. In the after the 1884. Yeah. There was Duras, a team of its own. Mm-hmm. Right. There was Canberra, which I presume is okay. the Canberra town. And there was yeah. Kalina, where you turn up at Sexton's Corner and you go right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there was a school there as well, Kalina National School. But that, and that in people's heads in, during my time of hurling, uh. that psychologically was there, even though it's 100 years later. Oh, absolutely. Like any any soccer supporter in a big city would tell you that, like, you know, yes. where, the, where the one territory ends and the other territory That's starts. Right. Yeah. Yes. And like there was matches played uh, at the early stages and up until maybe 1920, right? There was uh, hurling matches played between Endurance. Actually, where parishes came and played there at the back of the primary school in Duras. But those matches were then with rules. It wasn't they, they, like well, uh, hundred people on the pitch and um, no. it was a free fall for four no, hours. No, they had rules. Like. They had rules. Michael Cusack, who was born up in Carden, you know where Carden is? No. Uh, uh, where Cassidy's pub is? Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah. And there's a Michael Cusack Center just past it, or uh, just this side of it rather, on yeah. the left hand side. But Michael Cusack was the founder of the GA. 
Okay, and that's and why they named the stand after him. I know very little about that, yeah. but I know the name from that. But he was born uh, in, in Carden. Okay. Uh, just over in Clare. And he yeah. taught in Lakota School, which is just outside Gart. Okay. Right? But he... Oh, he was a teacher, yeah? He was a teacher, okay. yes. But he was very talented at a lot of things, in cricket as well, and, you know. So he, he brought the whole thing together in 1884 in, in, in Thurles, in Hayes' Hotel in Thurles, was founded. Yeah. Officially founded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, like I said, before that... And the hurlies that they use, which is kind of interesting, there was no points allowed at the early stages. Okay. It was goals only. <laughs> and the sticks were the very same shape as the hockey stick. So you think of it, the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was uh, one of the two, one of the both or, or other had their yeah. foundation in, yeah. in, the, in that kind of rules or whatever and the yeah. use of the sticks. But some of them needed to write them down with popularity. People getting more mobile, more people. Yeah. Um, it's the same with the soccer rules. I um, should really know dates back to the sure. 1860s, something like that. You can still find the original soccer rules displayed in Oxford University. Right. And the first rules, uh, whoever wrote them down, uh, stated, um, well, preferably there shouldn't be a tree on the pitch. Yes. So... <laughs> You know, <laughs> things evolve yeah. and but someone writes it But even after 1884, there was 17 on a team, right? Then it was reduced to 15 per team, you know. 30. And I'm sure there were so many rules because didn't they change the football rules there last <coughs> year only that there was something Correct. you can call a mark or something? That's right. We we'll know much about it, but Correct. rules change all the time. They in do, rugby, yeah. they change the point system all That's the time right. as well. Yes, indeed. So, and like they didn't have um, uh, jerseys. They had, uh, they had to wear uh, different color caps. Oh, yeah. Right. They wear, everybody wearing the cap. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just uh, sounds crazy now when we think yeah. about it, somebody wearing a cap playing hurling, you know. But I saw people wearing caps. Well, when I first uh, came to Ireland, they didn't have helmets. And I no. thought, that's, yeah. that's a bit mad. Who's that fucker there in colds? Like, you know, uh, yes, indeed. Is he tired of life? Yeah, we played hurling. Uh, I played all my hurling without a face guard. There was no such thing as face guards for the hurling. Of course, it's a dangerous sport. Oh, yeah, it is dangerous. I mean, um, it brings me to a, another kind of... Uh, I think it's funny, but uh, I mean, I was at the receiving end of it. It wasn't that uh, funny, maybe. But um, we played on a southboard under 21 hurling final here up in the pitch. Yeah. Here, right? We played against a very good Ballandurian team at the yeah. time. They had five of them on the county under 21. Yeah. They, were, they should be better than us, but we won fairly easily on the day. But after 15 minutes, right, uh, you know, I was doing okay, obviously, uh, I presume. And um, so obviously they said, well, this guy is doing a bit too much. Right, so uh, one of the players from the other side, uh, as I was clearing the ball, crossed over and bang, right? So anyways, I, I woke up a few seconds later, right? It clattered you with the hurley. Oh yeah, right on the, so I got my jaw broken three places, right? Yeah, the scars. Right, the skill there, but you know, that's uh, no ill feelings whatsoever. Uh, it's sports. It's sport, happens. it's sport. But uh, I didn't even know which way we were playing when I woke up. But anyways, I stayed mm. playing until halftime, mm. right? And I could feel this thing hopping up and down, my jaw hopping yeah. up. But the funny thing about the, we get to first aid. Nowadays, we have medics and physio, physios and we have <laughs> everything else, right? It has to be on the field, which is rightly so too. But uh, the, the uh, first aid I got was uh, some came, guy came out with a bottle of water, poured it down my head. You're sound, you're fine, you're okay. Okay, you're all right. <laughs> 
to so, some degree that still happens. It, it, it does, <laughs> yeah. yes, indeed. It's sports and young but, people. But it's sport. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I suppose the, the highlight of my career anyways was, uh, was apart from a few county finals at di- on different levels, let's say, but the senior county finals in 1979, you know. So yeah. it was the first time we had come from junior to intermediate to senior okay. in the space yeah. of five years. So, so the, that's the highest level you could have ever achieved. That's right. Played yeah. in that final then. Most yes, of absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, did you ever meet that guy again who clattered you there in a that very, very funny. I, I met him last year. Pure coincidental. I didn't even remember the chap to see, right? Yeah. I never met him in, in 40 plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. 45. And even though he only lives about three miles from me, I never saw him. Oh, and I never remember seeing him. Maybe I did. <laughs> so I was in, in, in down at Elaine's uh, pub in Nagra here. Yeah. One of the nicest places in Ireland. It is indeed. It is indeed. And um, uh, there was a chap uh, sitting beside him and he said, Bertie, come over here and you meet this guy. He uh-huh. said, and I said, yeah, I popped over. I had a few pints in me. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, I said, um, he said, yeah. He said, this is all right. Oh, yeah. He said, he said this, this, I think you have something to say to this guy. He says, the guy that broke your jaw about 50, 45 years ago. <laughs> and all I could think of, sir. I said, uh, once I was going to say his first name there, but I won't. I said, why, why did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he was very uncomfortable. He thought yeah. I was going to get annoyed or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, oh, geez, I'm sorry. I, I was, you know, yeah. and apologized and all that. And he yeah. said, I have to get you a drink. And I said, yeah. no, 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 no. I said, please. He said, yeah. I don't care whether you drink or not. I'm going to have to buy you a drink anyways, you know. I suppose now that the pain is gone anyway, about 40 <laughs> years or 45 years, it's actually, you're happy that it happened because it's a story to tell. Exactly. That's just the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. No, we That's have, a nice one. <laughs> I never heard, you know, thankfully, I never held any yeah. kind of animal. It's what happens. You know, that's, people, that's sports, and whether it's rugby, football. Yeah, uh, sometimes hurling. people yeah. do the wrong thing and, you sure. know, it's at the sport of the moment. Sure. Right. Or they might be egged on by supporters or by their yeah. uh, manager, yeah. coaches yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Think about just it, just your behavior, apologize and don't do it again. Uh, exactly. Yeah. In a, and shake hands after the game if it's possible. And, yeah. Uh, so leave that was, it there. That don't was, bring it yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, that's right. So that was in 79. So, you know, you do pick up, a, uh, yeah. well, I have picked up a few injuries, all right. You got a broken finger, two fingers broken. As you in the, would, in, like, yeah. In the 79 final. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, What position of, did you play? Hmm? What position Number did you play? Number five, wing back. Okay. Wing back. You know, so the wing back meaning defense. In, in the second line of defense okay. on the right. Yeah. Yeah, that was my position nearly all my hurling yeah. time, you know. So in soccer, it would be kind of defensive left midfield. Defensive left, that's right, yes. I get yes. you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I liked it because, uh, you know, it, it gave me space. I, I was fairly fast mm. and uh, I liked the, the freedom of it, you know. So uh, yeah. but, uh, it suited me. It suited yeah. me as a hurler. I wouldn't be suitable, I'd say, for a corner forward. I wouldn't be suitable for a, a full back position. Why, what's the difference? Oh, there's a, it's a big difference because uh, you're all nearly all the time facing the ball in 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 defence, right? It's easy to defend. Sure, it's coming at you, yeah. Right, yes, but uh, you got to get possession and turn and yeah. uh, be accurate when you're in the forwards. You know, okay. it's not as easy, especially if you have somebody like me marking you, because you don't get a chance. To, I, you know, I would be a very tight marker. Yeah. Right. So if you're a tight marker, it, can, it must be very frustrating for forwards. Oh, of course, it is. Right. Yeah. You know, you get the little tug of the yeah. jersey before you take off and stuff like that. You know, that get that yeah. second. You know, yeah. or you know, or you're right up against them. You know, so it's. Yeah. Uh, but, but size, like height and then weight, probably doesn't matter that much in hurling as it would in, like in rugby or in soccer, because it, it, you have to stick at the extension of your arm and that. So it's probably more about um, your own judgment of the ball that's coming at you than um, being able to physically uh, 
make up for that. Correct. Like yeah. But in certain positions, uh, height is a help in the central, mm-hmm. you know, fullback or centre back positions. Yeah. Now that being said, we had a, a, a smaller than myself playing centre back in our team. Paddy, the man that passed yeah. away, Paddy Curtin, but he was exceptional. Yeah. I mean, his reading of the game is just in- incredible. So yeah. if you can read a game well, you have a, you have an advantage, anyways. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, but if if the if the play isn't open, yeah. you know. Then yeah. you're, and you're, you know, it's it's man for man. Then a smaller guy has yeah. has a disadvantage. But yeah. where this play is open, where there's a lot of running going, you know, I think yeah. the, the the lighter guy and the smaller guy has a big advantage. Yeah. You know, I just compared to soccer um, and hurling being a very uh, being a game that inquires an awful lot of technical skill to begin with. Apart from the fitness mm. and and all physical physical aspects of the game, um, in soccer, when you have a big defender or a, a, you need a big goalie and a tall goalie anyway, but um, you have a big defender or a big center forward, they obviously have in certain, in certain situations a massive advantage in corner kicks, um, for example, or free kicks, uh, where you just use the head and you just use your height straight off or just marking um, your territory around you by being a big lad and you have the smaller lads the fast oh. lads on the wing but the um, there's not so much skill necessary to play the game if you have a relatively unskilled player you can still have him as as a left back mm. as long as he can run just yeah. annoy someone you'll be mm. fine like um, they don't need to play the ball yeah. as such or in rugby you don't need to, there are some positions there, they never get the ball. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't know what to do with it anyway, mm. but as long as they held their ground physically, they'd be fine. Yeah, but the, the size has changed a lot in hurling now. You know, and men have, they're right. really big and muscular and strong. If you look at the Limerick team, right, the hurling okay. team, the Galway team, they're all um, over six foot and they're all really strong. Okay. Mostly, so that whole thing yeah. has changed because it's uh, you got to be every part of the field. Oh, okay, you know it's changed yeah. completely yeah. from my time. From you know, a lot faster. Very well. seldom that I would have ever ended up in the half hour line. That's about the furthest yeah. I would go. Whereas now you have cornerbacks sc- uh, scoring uh, as you yeah. know as much maybe as a centre field yeah. guy. You know, yeah. yeah. But, but obviously uh, that's the elite um, of mm. of hurling. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the selection of the best players from each club, like so they will would be. Fast yes. and technical right. and strong but, and all and the rest they're of they're in it. the gym a lot as well. You know, of course, yeah. yeah. Whereas on local level, like, you know, yeah. whoever plays, plays. Yeah, you know, I'll just whatever. tell you two funny incidents from yeah. uh, when we're playing. Uh, we're playing one day and uh, uh, our fullback, great hurler. And uh, he's about six foot two or three, right? right. Fine man, great hurler. Hurled until he was in his late 40s. Yeah. But he was, uh, we were playing this other team and the other guy was an okay hurler, but he was about 6'10". Right. Oh, he was. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he was my. He was sixteen. He's deceased now. He actually, he was my teacher at one stage in guard. But anyways, uh, this high ball came in. Anyways, right, and uh, so the fullback uh, just uh, pulled down it right. But obviously, your man was the ball was quite high, and your man yeah. is another six inches taller than the guy. Yeah. So he, he hit him on the helmet, <laughs> and, and I heard him saying this myself because I, I just I, I laughed during the game. It was said, sorry, said I meant to get you on the hand. Yeah, and one other funny incident as well is we were playing, uh, we had a, been, had a great record. Nobody even booked for the previous maybe 10 or 12 games because we played at different levels on the yeah. 21 and intermediate senior, whatever the club was. And we had a lot of games played, yeah. right? not a booking. Right. Anyways, okay. one of the lads was was be, was booked. Right. Okay. He was being booked. Right. For something silly. 
right? And we were kind of annoyed at him, you know, because we, we thought it was great to have such a clean, mm. clean sheet. But he called them over anyways, and the referee was local, right? From Clarence Bridge, he was local. But anyways, he said, uh, he asked him his name. He said, you know my name? He said, what's your name? He said, I need, yeah, you know my, you know, beep, beep name. He said, enough, <laughs> I can tell you, you know fucking well, you know. And then he said, I'll give you one last chance, he said. What's your name? Dicky Rock, he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent him off. <laughs> we could have killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but then sports as well, like, you know, the banter and, and uh, the wit that goes on on the pitch. Like, it is. That's why I think that referees, I mean, you, you get it in rugby where you can hear the referee talking to the players and all yes. that. I think that shouldn't be allowed. To. Yeah. Absolutely. It's whatever is said on the pitch is a different language of its own. Yeah. Just it's nobody's business. Like that's right. Yes. Uh, it only gives. It only causes trouble. Like. Exactly. Whatever yeah. you say on the pitch stays on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, that was kind of it up until uh -huh. uh, you know. Uh, then I had a year out because you know of the couple of injuries and stuff. Yeah. Couple of broken fingers as well. Took a while to heal, you know. That's why you didn't become a pianist. Uh, that, exactly. That's yes, yes, the only reason. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Well, otherwise <laughs> you wouldn't have interviewed uh, Peter last week. So that's know, true. Yeah, yeah. Did, you know, um, I'd be in the music scene at that stage. He was probably never good any any good at hurling. <laughs> like, um, yes, but you did this um, until you then in, in, left Ireland. I left Ireland in 1983. Went yeah. to Holland. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed my time in Holland with the, yeah. with the company that I was with uh, Digital yeah. at the time. How long were you in Holland for? Uh, just two years. What two years? But I was I had planned to be there. Well, I had a three year project, three yeah. years to complete the project. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately for myself, because I loved it, yeah. I, it had all up and running and sorted and in place. Say after yeah. a year and a half to two years, so they yeah. they needed somebody in Scotland at the time. So somebody, oh, right. you know, and they asked me would I transfer? Yeah, uh, and again, you know. So you went to from Holland to Scotland. I didn't have a choice, really, even though it was only a, a, an offer. But yeah, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. But, but that's I'm, just that's just work. I mean, things happen in is, life, and work yes. happens and all that. But you left Ireland <coughs> in '82. You went to Holland for two years, yeah. and then you went to Scotland for how so many? Just years? a year, a year and a half. Oh, just a year. Yeah, yeah the kids yeah. weren't uh, didn't settle at all. I had two children at the time. Yeah, right. And they were just going to school, yeah. uh, starting to go to primary school, and they were yeah. very unhappy and. Actually, yeah. they were quite ill, actually, one of them, yeah. you know, because of yeah. the stress, I suppose, the change or whatever, even yeah. though they loved Holland and they went yeah. to preschool in Holland and they were yeah. speaking Dutch after. Oh, that's funny. They yeah. didn't even know they were speaking it, I'd say, but there were <laughs> kids, kids or kids don't, you kids know. Kids don't. And, and so you were away for three years then? Yes. And did right. you go anywhere else no, from Scotland? No, I came back then, uh, but not to Canberra. I had, the company had bought my house at the time, right? Yeah. That I had built in Caledonia yeah. yeah. and they had bought it. And then I came back and bought a site in near Clare Galway. Yeah, yeah, that's and I, right. And so I lived the there from other side. Yes, I lived there from eighty seven. Then on, you know, for nineteen eighty seven for oh, I don't know, maybe eighteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eight. two decades, give or take. Yes. Uh, but would you have visited Kinvara in that time regularly? Uh, no, no. If I did, I wouldn't even be in the village. I'd have, oh, I'd right. have taken a shortcut. Uh, I, would have, I wouldn't have come into the village to go home. My okay. parents were still alive uh, yeah. during the the eighties, and yeah. uh, my mom, my dad died in ninety two, and my mom in ninety nine. So uh, you know, but I would up until then, uh, say during the well, very little time really, like you know, because my dad died in ninety two. When I came back in eighty seven, the next two or three years was the only time I would be coming to Kinvara. Right? So. 
and mm. I wouldn't have been in the village at all because I'd have gone through. So, so we're talking mid-50s, obviously you have no recollection of mm. the first couple of years till the early 80s, and then you were away for give or take two decades. Well, more. Wouldn't have been much in... Oh, yeah, sorry, more. yeah. Wouldn't mm. have seen much of Kinvara no. anyway, and somehow then you returned uh, over 20 years later yeah. to live in Kinvara then, yeah. the ups and downs, but mm -hmm. um, you were living... And, and, well, living in Canvara as in um, not only having a house here, but, yeah. but uh, socializing as mm, well, building, yeah. rebuilding bridges, I'm sure, yes. with, with old neighbors, old acquaint acquaintances and all this. Um, so what was Canvara like when you left in the um, early 80s compared to the time when you returned 20 years later? There's one very simple thing, and that is you couldn't get a cup of tea in Canvara. There was no place to serve a cup of tea. What? No pubs, no nothing. There no the pubs, pubs didn't, they, There were plenty, but then none of them served food. Nothing was no ah, okay. food at all. Yeah. Right. Apart from maybe... Not chips and sausages? No. Or oh, really? No, not until a, a restaurant uh, came in uh, and uh, I wasn't there for it. Okay. Uh, it was just at the corner of where Londres is now, that little corner there. Oh, that was a restaurant, yeah? Uh, there was a small restaurant there in the corner just in the corner. And before okay. that was Gill's shop. I remember as, as a child made my first communion. Uh -huh. I remember getting a half a crown. This is just an image uh -huh. I've never left me. Uh, running down from the church. Uh -huh. Great. Half crown. I knew what I wanted uh -huh. to get. I wanted to get this large bar of chocolate. All right. Yeah. Ran across the road. There was a very few cars, but I didn't see the car that was coming. Uh -huh. I ran across <laughs> the road and I left my hand in the bonnet of the car and jumped over it. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been you know, smashed. You know, yeah. That's all I saw. I only saw the chocolate across the road, but it was in Gill's shop. That yeah. was Gill's. And then there was a little restaurant there and afterwards, I'm told. Right. And yeah. But when I came back, I'd say the first thing that was brilliant about it, when you come over the hill before you get to the castle, it's called Foy's Hill. And you look across and you see the colour. There was no okay. colour in Canberra, in any of the buildings. All oh, bland. Right. Okay. Gray, you know, uh, plastered and whatever. Huh. But the change was just beautiful. It was like a postcard and they tied in. And that was my very first right. image when I came back properly, you know, right. to see it. The very first time I knew I was going to be coming back to Canberra. Mm. I just bought a site on the Moy Road uh, yeah. prior to that, you know, back in 2008, 2010, whatever it was. And uh, that was the first thing that struck me. There's right. life here. There's color That's here. Interesting, yeah. Okay. And... Uh, but a lot of places were changed hands and closed, right? There was St. George's uh, pub. Uh, yeah, that's where um, um, the Chinese is now. Ah, okay. <clears throat> that was a pub, okay. Right, yes. And Shear, there was a little shop called Brogan's. Mm -hmm. You know Shear is? Mm -hmm. Chinese, St. George's. Yeah. Mary Ann St. George is the old woman. Uh -huh, right? yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Greens, thanks be to God, is uh -huh. uh, ever present. You know, yeah. It's there for, I think, since uh, 1875, since they're oh, okay. serving Guinness since 1875. It was always there. Like. Yeah, there. Fair yeah. enough. Right. There was Connolly's, <coughs> which is there, you know, hopefully it'll be open again soon. Yeah. But beside Connolly's, uh, to the right, going down towards the tide, right, towards the yeah. head, there was a little shop there called uh, Gardener's. Okay. Yeah, little shop. Shop and, as in... And, and uh, in small groceries and cigarettes and things like yeah. that. Not yeah. much. And Mary Gardner, she happened to be... Actually, she was my godmother. Okay. Right. And then right next to her was Regan's. And they had a small little shop as well, mm. Matty Regan's. Right. Mm. They're not present. They're not open there as shops anymore. Yeah. So, as you know, 
right? Yeah. Um, so you go up the town, you know, you had um, lynches as you as you climbed the hill on the uh-huh. right. You had um, Aggie Morden, or, uh, but married to, to um, Joe Lynch. Mm-hmm. Joe Lynch, I think it's Joe, yeah. And you had the post office on the hill as well. The post office oh, was on the hill. right, yeah. Yeah, there as well. And um, th- that was always ever-present, you know. Yeah. And I think I actually heard about the post office because when yes. the, the last post office closed in Kinvara, I think there was a big discussion, where can we put the new post Correct. office? Correct. And then people were talking about the old, the old post ones. office. Yes, yes, um, yeah. That's right. And um, so, you know, they, there were things that had, have got, had gone, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but prior to that, even, do you know where um, Orla Fox's uh, restaurant yeah, is? Of course, yeah. I mean, a little bit of history of that. You know, the, in 1854, uh, Francis A. Fahey, the poet, who wrote Galway Bay and uh, the Owl Plaid Shawl, all oh, those okay. songs, he was born there. Okay. All right. He was born in, in that. Uh, and... B- in front of that, in front of that building, there was a petrol pump. Ah, uh, right. yeah, yeah, that, that old side thing where the where the guy uh, had to come out of the shop and yeah. basically yeah, pump yeah, that's right. The, and to the woman, the there was the two greens, right? Yeah. yeah, at that time, and you come out and fill it, right? Yeah. And uh, there's um, and then where Canoles is now, yeah, that was Carlos's, and it was a little uh, guest house, kind of a B and B guest house, but not a pub, like, not the pub. not a license, no, no, premise. not at the time, yeah, right. And then, of course, you had uh, Carlos's across the road. But then you had Winkles, which you never saw, uh, uh, where the pharmacy this. is. Yeah. From there to the corner, that was Winkles, a very, very famous uh, uh, music pub. I heard about this. Yes. So it was a music pub. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes, of course. And how, then, how come, actually, I'm just wondering, sorry to interrupt you there, but no. how, how come... Um, because of the licensing laws in Ireland, it's it's kind of a very expensive game or has been um, like through the years ever since I'm here anyway, that licenses were transferred, but um, very few, if any, extra licenses were um, issued mm. to, to serve uh, a town mm. or a village with licenses. So how come that Kinvara actually had at one point a lot of pubs? Well, every town in Ireland had a lot of pubs at that time. But then, as they started, the demise started, they started to sell the licenses and the yeah, yeah. were be bought up by first different, maybe towns, bigger cities, bigger towns. Yeah, they would have been transferred to Galway. They transferred or, or, to Galway. Or, or, and they, were a, they were a useful yeah. uh, piece, an asset, you know, yeah. for people to have, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but every every town had, Gart would have as, have as more pubs than that time that they had now, you know, really? as well. Yeah, so would every, every town. Kilchimah and Mayo. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm no stranger were, to the pint, and I love pubs. And being from Berlin, there are plenty of pubs around, even though we don't have those yes. licensing laws there. But um, yeah, you kind of wonder how do they all do business I, in a small catchment area? I was gonna say to actually that I'd think that because uh, I knew a lot of people who, in my own time in my own village of my parents and and older older people in the village that yeah. didn't go to the pubs to drink. They just didn't go. Right, and how they survived them other little businesses like Tully's, yeah. for instance, had a grocery shop. Sure, yeah. so has St George's. Still there, like, so yeah. has St George's. I think, yeah. may, I think there's a possibility that Greens may have had uh, as well. Yeah. So they all had some little extra, yeah. Yeah. and it didn't take much when you owned the building either, and they didn't need much. Yeah, okay, maybe, and, 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 and revenue and would have been omitted, land, and you know, courses had land, and yeah. you know, so there was the other Tully's had land and yeah. have land, and. Yeah. 
you know. So there was a lot of other, they had other uh, ways of getting an income as well, yeah. you know. So it wasn't just a pub and drinking or serving mm. pints and vodkas yeah. and what have you, but and people probably wouldn't have on a regular basis drank the, the way young people tend to drink now um, Absolutely in not. this day and age like and uh, like I did it like 20 years ago mm. I did it as well this binge drinking was great mm. crack like when when you're young you do those things but uh, don't have to but yeah. um, a lot of people do um, but the must have been the pub was always a place of business I would understand so uh, it must have been difficult for your parents um, to do business when you're not going to the pub exactly but they didn't need to do business because they yeah. they lived off the farm, the farm supported them totally. Yeah, we so want to know what's going on as well. Isn't well, it? I don't so, think it mattered that much to some people okay. because they lived in their own little village, okay. and there was twelve houses in yeah. the village that I that I li was born in. Okay, you know, all within maybe fifty meters of each other, and so they didn't need to. Uh, but you know what was another economic support for the for the pubs that time as well is there was a lot of fair days in Canberra. Fair days, you know what a fair uh, day, yeah. you know, yeah, where the stock was brought and cornered in some part of the street. Yeah. And I, re I remember as only maybe 10 and uh, bringing a, a couple of cattle from Caravoni and walk them to Canberra <laughs> and, and then try and keep them cornered, right? You know, uh, and you go there, you leave around 4 or 4.30 in the morning yeah. to get a good spot. Well, it's a, it's right. a good spin. And yeah, yes, good and you know where, or this is where we used to always be. There was a telephone box. You know where Orla Foxes is yeah. now? As you move down, there was a, a telephone box there. Yeah. Right, and that's the corner mm. we used to have the few cattle in. Right, we had very few, <laughs> but that's what we'd have. And you'd be there all day, yeah. and you'd be mm. bargaining. And the guy'd come and he'd go and he'd be offering you such a thing. And oh could, yeah, and could, people bring their chickens and their, yeah, their whatever right. potatoes. And yes, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's not necessarily an Irish thing. It's just a rural thing which yeah. would have happened anywhere. But I often wondered on reflection. This, I mean, the streets were in a mess. I mean, I don't know who did the work to clean up well, the streets. that's true, actually. Yeah, the cow shits, wherever the cow shits. Absolutely. <laughs> it could be standing outside the shop door. Yeah. Right. Uh, for maybe six hours. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, uh, and then there was, there was a lot of money made that time. You yeah. know, people would sell, or they, you know, yeah. then, then yeah. they would also do, and then they would buy their groceries as well, you know, and sometimes uh, sure. over the years on tick as well, you know, yeah. whereas your papers when the harvest, when you, when you sold sure. the corn or sold the yeah. potatoes and, yeah. you know, so that's, that's certainly a big change, yeah. right, that I've seen, right, is say the number of businesses that have closed, yeah. but the vibrancy of Kinvara. Uh, it's just amazing. I love it. I absolutely love the diversity. I love the... the it's fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah. I was sitting in Tully's pub there last six months ago, yeah. right? And I had my back to the wall, right? Yeah. At the end of the bar, which is a great spot if you get that chair. Oh, you see You everything. survey the world. <laughs> so the I, I had nothing else for doing. I was sitting on my own. I was going in for a pint. And I counted. There was 32 people in, mm. in, the, in the premises. Mm. And I knew, recognized them all. Recognized, but didn't know them well, yeah. but I knew some of them, but I recognized them all. Yeah. And including the girl inside the counter at the time, nobody was in Kinvara but myself. <laughs> oh, and I said, this is flipping yeah. brilliant. I love it. Because yeah. you can be who you want to be yeah. in Kinvara. You know, everybody lets you do your own thing. Oh, that's the attraction. It's yeah. very cosmopolitan. Yes. They're from all over the place. Argentina, yeah. Israel, Germany, what have you. It's, it's fantastic. And because everybody is a blow in to some degree yes. or another, the, 
everybody can relate to the new blow-ins. Of and course. very helpful in that sense because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was me, didn't know anybody, and That's the right. people here were extremely welcoming. Yeah. And that kind of carries forth. It, it does Fantastic. indeed. And I know there's, I know uh, there was a group of seven or eight or ten people when they came here for it over maybe 25 years ago. They told me every Friday evening they would meet in Greens and they used to call it the office. Oh, absolutely. They'd meet in the office. Because whereas, that's where you conduct yeah, business. business. And who did you, you have? To network. To, uh, do you know a plumber? Do you know a carpenter, electrician? What, who did this for you? What do you think? It's of? really the internet before the internet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the good thing about Greens, they have a sign up. No Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's the pub. Oh, it I, I like that. I actually did. Did we, did we notice that before? No, mm. I haven't noticed it. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. You know, you know, nobody takes yeah. out their phones in Greens Harley because it's, you don't get uh, coverage usually. Well, um, do a little when bit it now. was open, like, yes, it was that's a fantastic right. spot. Um, maybe they get the chance to straighten out the shelves when they open. Yeah, again. and I suppose another difference too, uh, Chris, is just the transportation. I mean, there was yeah. one bus a day going to Galway yeah. uh, at that time. Right, in my time. Phenomenal. Now there's five, six, maybe every every day in and out, five out and five in, at least, and maybe I, six, maybe more. I find it actually dismal, the bus service here. Now. Oh, it do it too. may have been a difference to the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm. but even when you consider it now, the last bus from town leaving um, town six. at six o'clock. That's right. Uh, how was someone to, supposed to get on the bus when they finish work at exactly. six o'clock? There's um, a lot to be left desired uh, Very for the much bus so. service. And people would, like, that's back to what we said before, mm. like, you know, the communal car. I think that there's actually scope for having a communal car again in neighborhoods such as ours, such as yours, yes. such as Johnny, mm. Jim and Jack's, uh, because the cars stood in the driveway for 99% of the time. Correct. Not everybody needs their own car. And if the mm. bus services would be more frequent, would be better, then I'd say a lot of people would actually do away with the car. I would think so too, because um, I've seen it myself and I drive into Gertogal when I don't yeah. need to, yeah. but I know I've been there once or twice and didn't get a seat on one occasion. You don't have a chance but driving. Yeah, you know, yeah. you have you just don't have the yeah. the number of, the number of buses and the number, the the space isn't there. Yeah. I've often seen six and eight people being left. Yeah, just we, couldn't take them. I mean, you, we don't go into town all that often, no. but we would most certainly avail of a service when the service if the service was offered when we need it. Exactly. And that's not saying like like a taxi service, but yeah. more frequent buses um, and a bit more planning in how those buses are yes. scheduled wouldn't go amiss. Because yeah. so. if you plan to go by bus and you, and, you, and you park your car and you get there or you walk in, in yeah. into the town and you get there and you don't get a seat, yeah. then it just it frustrates yeah. you. Puts you off. And, and you're not you going to do, do it the again. next time. Yeah, yeah, that's exa just it. Exactly, yeah. But that was the, um, that would would have been one thing you would have noticed, like, from, say, the change from nowadays to yeah. um, the early 80s. Exactly. That's a good kind of point. But like I said at the, at the outset there, like you, you couldn't get a cup of tea or a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, but now, yeah. yeah, pretty good choices. Yeah. Yeah, there's always something true, available, true. you know, and, and good quality. I suppose... Um, the fact that the Merriman Hotel isn't open is is a pity, right? Right uh, now, uh, uh, I think because it, will it be maintained? You know, that's the 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 worry. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful one, yeah. building to see when you come into the town. It is, if but it's a well tricky presented. one to run as a it commercial is. business because of the roof. I mean, that's I'm right. Sure, that insurance must be incredible. It must be yes. on that building. Yeah. But would you say that um, the color, the cup of tea, um, would you say 
when was the point there were a lot more cars, noticeably more cars in Kinvara than there were in, say, the days of your national um, and, and secondary I'd say school. the 70s. 70s the, the mid-70s, yeah. I'd say, yeah. uh, more or less. And then younger people started to get cars, yeah. more of them. Yeah. Right. But uh, it was a big deal to have a car in, let's say, in 1965 or six. Absolutely. Big deal. Yeah. A, a very big deal. Absolutely. Up yeah. until 1970 or mid-70s. Yes. But you would say mid-70s I would say, I would say the mid-70s. more regular. Yes, indeed. And yeah. then people, that crop of people of my age, you know, yeah. started to come of age and they started to build houses and they started to... Having better jobs uh, and, and having And they weren't working the means. on... Exactly. Yeah. And they weren't working on the farms. They weren't even working local. Some yeah. of them, they were, most of them were in the industries in Galway City. And Galway yeah. was booming as well. You oh, know, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, like the computer companies yeah. was starting to really yeah. uh, uh, get strong. And, you know. Yeah. Did you ever live in Galway City um, no. from, say, the, let me just think, say the mid 70s when you started no. working till the early 80s when you left? No. Never, no, no, never lived in the city. I, never I, fancied I, it. I, huh? No, I lived at home until I was 22 and yeah. I built had built a house by that stage, yeah. which was kind of crazy for you know that age to have a built a house and, and you know have yeah. a mortgage and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, But people had kids generally younger anyway. We, we did indeed. Yeah. Uh, of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The city N never tempted you? Never tempted me. Really? Uh, and I never, I didn't even socialize that much, I suppose. Yeah. I was taking life a bit too serious, yeah, I would say yeah, so, yeah. on reflection. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't, my first drink yeah. of alcohol was, I was about 20, yeah, 19, yeah. I'd say 20. And yeah. I, it was in Elaine's pub in Nagra. Oh, really? We had, yeah, very first time, you know, and the first time there as well. We had won a Southport uh, hurling final, right? And we had the trophy, the cup. Yeah. So what the... <laughs> So the cup that time was, what you did was, bottle of whiskey, a bottle of brandy, and a bottle of red lemonade. That was it. And then, you know, they just passing around, I said, no, will you drink the fake and stuff, right? Yeah. For Christ's sake, they said to me, take a mouthful of that, for God's sake, come on. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, so I didn't have much choice, you know. And uh, it was horrible at the time, of course, but, uh, but uh, you know, got tears for it. <laughs> but that's, that's odd. We should actually take this podcast to Nogra um, at one point, like, and have a pint there then, <laughs> and do it there. But um, what was I meant to ask you, um, so uh, the cars came in in the, like noticeably so, um, in the mid-70s, you left, you came back and you had, we had the, the colors, which you mentioned first. Yeah, very much. We so. had um, food mm. available in a cafe or in a restaurant then, um, competition obviously between food places now yes. as well. Um, and was there any particular point where you would say that what we just said before about Kinvara being a town of blow-ins, being, being sort of cosmopolitan, was there any particular point where you'd say, that was it when I first noticed the change? Oops, we have a lot of foreign nationals here. We have a lot of artists here. It wasn't that way before when I grew up. It was, certainly was not. And not only that, uh, huh. to all our Kinvara listeners, the town itself we felt were an entity to themselves, especially the the ah, okay. the, the players, the young lads, the, the sure. hurlers. Maybe it was maybe it was a country thing. It was a country and town thing, yeah. right? Maybe it was our own fault. Uh, you had a perception of them, okay? And we grew to be very friendly, but uh, there was that divide 
the right three in our heads. What we said. You know, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, bet- yeah, exactly. If you were from the country outside the village, sure. we had a perception of the townies, as we call them. Sure, right? Uh, yeah. co- could be completely wrong. Yeah. Right, but we had that perception, but and they had it of us. We're all looking for tribes anyway. That's yes. in us, and you had your tribe, and the other clubs, the other two clubs, had their yeah. tribe as well. And, and I, I think yeah. um, I didn't notice it because I wasn't coming back, uh, yeah. but I, I heard about it. You know, of a lot of artists and uh, silversmiths and different things coming yeah. into the t- in the, be living in the Canberra area. So while you were away while in the eighties, it would have kind of developed in, into in, that. In the eighties yeah. um, to oh, the okay. mid nineties, but uh, when I came back. I, it was a breath of fresh air. Mm. And I think it's a help. Maybe it's too simplistic, but it certainly it would, it would have helped me because I had traveled a bit. Yeah. And I'd been meeting, say, with my work then as well. Apart sure. from being abroad, uh, the diversity of people I met in the with the computer company I was with. Oh, yeah, traveling you know, abroad. Dealing, so yeah, and, you know, I've been traveling to, to different so. uh, places, say, for the company, we'll say, oh. just for maybe a week and two at a time. And opened my horizons and Absolutely. my acceptance of yeah. uh, the differences. Yeah, everybody should travel. Uh, everybody should have the opportunity 100%. to live somewhere, not just going yes. to Mallorca or whatever, maybe yes. for two oh, weeks. Absolutely. Like, and getting hammered. No, no. no. You should really, any young person should just get out of the country yes. and live somewhere else, experience a different culture, a different language as well. You yes. had to, I yes. mean, Dutch isn't like such outlandish. No. Most Dutch people would speak English to some oh, degree. Very much so, yes. But mm. it, it must be such an experience. Well, actually, I do know about it mm. because I had this experience twice. Yes. But um, just being there and try to arrange yourself and try mm. to blend in, it's not getting other people to accommodate you. Yes. It's about you accommodating other people and I have to blend in here and see how they do things and some things mm. when you travel are actually better mm. done better done more efficiently more beautifully in that place where you travel to God we should have all done it this way yes indeed yeah and uh, I, I just one of the things I, I love about Canberra and I keep I keep saying it to people right it, it gives you a, I've got an open mind yeah. and acceptance of yeah. every uh, yeah creed and class and yeah. color and whatever or but you're a very outgoing person anyway but yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe i am nature. but I, I i i believe in it and yeah. i find it so easy you know yeah. to whether you're whatever background you're from yeah. and whatever you know your status is whether it is you know absolutely because everyone we're all equal and uh, yeah. we're all different which is great yeah. and cabela uh, has all that to offer Definitely, and yeah. uh, it's, it's just a magic yeah. magic place you know well that's when when i came here there was all that attracted us to Kinvara was actually that that cosmopolitan feel. This yeah. uh, we didn't feel strangers. Yes, um, that just made us warm to the place instantly. Yes. Um, well, then when we came here, obviously we were locked in for a couple of months, and um, that was difficult. It was, it was fucking <laughs> it was horrendous. Difficult, like, difficult and, to stay sober. And the neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors. Jeez, <laughs> you are horrible. <laughs> I know. It was actually a good time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think and I shouldn't be saying that, but I just we had a great, uh, and I think we built up the yeah. the relationship, friendship as well. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it didn't harm it at all that we had a, you know, used to have an odd. Well, it gave us, it gave us actually being stuck in that, Mm. um, in that place where everybody else was locked in as well. Mm. But um, it gave us actually the chance to discover that we 
can actually um, make fast friends that right. would have been under any circumstance. But in that way, we probably would have gone about our business, you would have gone about your business, and we would have said hello to each other yes, exactly. across the fence, but mm. we were, would have been so busy, busy otherwise mm. uh, with our lives that mm. we wouldn't have got to know each other in that way we did. Yeah. And then we discovered relatively quickly because, well, we had to live together. Um, yes. yes, I like that guy. Yes. This is yeah. fun. <laughs> Let's have a drink. Exactly. And that that was beautiful. Mm. But I believe that Canvara would have been welcoming. I mean, we moved here just before the pandemic, a couple of mm. months before. That would have right. been welcoming in any event. Mm. So it wasn't just because we were snookered here mm. and then decided to stay here out of necessity. It was a place where we deliberately came to see if we wanted to live here and we fell in love with it straight away. Yeah, And that's the storyline from a lot of people, you know, that have come to Canberra and... Uh, just happened yeah. to find it. Yeah. And it wasn't by design, but yeah. for some people, right? But they might have just seen it, yeah. you know, or they might have passed through it or somebody told yeah. them or yeah. they read something, you know, yeah. and then we have the, you know, the, the couple of festivals as yeah. well. And I just was thinking about it there, the fair days that we used to have years and years yeah. ago, right? Well, yeah. not that, it was a huge time back, but you used to have them in, in kind of... Uh, March and May and uh, yeah. October, right? Horse fairs and cattle fairs and all that. When I think about it, the, the, the two festivals that we have now in May and in uh, August, you know, the Flanagook and uh, the Cocoa Festival yeah. and the Crinan Amod in, in August, you know, it, it kind of uh, substitutes a little bit for some of the old stuff that did happen as well. Yeah, I suppose it's... In its uh, own way. Yeah, I suppose that's just a tradition carried forth just in a different yes. kind of guise, if you want. Mm. Because, I mean, people like to get together. People like their yeah. you know, communal events. Um, yes. And you can't... It's nice to have a different Friday night feel um, to the pub. To have a festival for the weekend. Yes. If you have it once or twice a year, yeah. I think that people always crave that that marketplace. That's even right. though it's mainly about socializing. Yeah, and the Crane and the Mod, which is, you know, the gathering of the boats in August, yeah. that's a, a great thing. I think it's a great key keep a tradition alive oh, because yeah. the Galway Bay hooker will say that was yeah. started I think about 1971 yeah. uh, Anthony Moylan was the originator of it got rest his soul now yeah. but um, he started and he also started the, the Cuckoo Festival so he was oh, a, man okay. of, a man of great you know, thinking and uh, always thinking outside yeah. the box. Yeah. And he used to be our manager at one stage when we were playing underage hurling as well. And <laughs> uh, so he was... He Jack was, of all trades. He was, yeah. He was a gifted, a gifted man. Uh, uh, was he a teacher as well? Uh, no. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Uh, he would have been... Uh, Originally had been born in Winkles Hotel. You know, that's his parents ah, there. okay. Uh, yeah, Kieran Moylan, who was his father, was a great musician yeah. uh, as well. And he was a teacher, yeah. uh, his dad. Right? Yeah. But um, when you think about it, you know, the the tradition that was there in Canvara, you know, I suppose there was a lot of trade. So you were talking about this pub surviving mm. and so many of them. There was a lot of trade from between uh, Connemara and Galway uh, and Canvara. Right. Oh, we, there was 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 yeah, there a boat oh, yeah. route? Oh yeah, very much so. It's a family, yes, yeah. yeah we'd be we'd be transferring or selling corn or potatoes. Yeah. They would be uh, or seaweed, right? They would bring turf to Canvara as a as a, a trade by right. boat, basically by, oh, by boat. from oh, Barna yeah. or Spiddle yeah. or even well, absolutely. And they, they would be could be forty horse and carts, maybe a hundred horse and carts at the quayside. Yeah. And they'd, they'd, they'd bring their horse and carts from Gort, yeah. all as far away as Gort yeah. and further, and yeah. maybe Bally, even Ballyvaughan, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, to bring their, their stuff, whether it is cordon or something else. Seaweed was another thing yeah. that was uh, traded as well. But they, yeah. in reverse, then Connemara people would, bring, would sell turf. 
Well, that's the idea of trade. You yeah. have something that I want and vice versa. Mm. And yeah. I remember when I was a young fellow, there was um, a man by the name of Waters from Connemara, right? Mm. And he used to bring turf and he'd pull outside Kyo's mm. uh, pub with his green truck mm-hmm. uh, to sell the lorry turf. And somebody, he'd just park there mm. and there'd be always a customer. Yeah. You know, so it is, uh, I remember one time, uh, it's, it's some guy, he was, um, I won't say his name, but he used to bring turf as well, right? And somebody mm. asked him and said, you know, uh, Johnny, that's his first name, as far as much as I'll say, but he said, Johnny, where did you get the turf? They meant, like, was it in um, Calamber Daily uh, or was uh-huh. it in Connemara? Oh, he said, upstairs and moons, man. <laughs> you know, moons, uh, with the brown thomas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just as mad as, you know. Good answer, though. <laughs> he did, yeah. And then another time he was in Saxon's uh-huh. pub and this uh, man came in, a friend of mine, and uh, the previous uh, couple of months he'd been uh-huh. at their house with, with, with a lorry of turf and uh-huh. they'd given the dinner and he had uh-huh. spare ribs and, you know, the, but the usual, right? Yeah. The cabbage, I suppose, uh-huh. and potatoes. Uh-huh. And somebody said, well, do you know, uh, you, you know your man, uh-huh. uh, Johnny, you know your man? Oh, indeed, and I do, he said. That's the set where they gave me the feet of bones. <laughs> <laughs> he embarrassed the poor man in the pub, you know. <laughs> yeah, some way of uh, politely yeah. saying he's a mean fucker. But, but that's right, yeah. But that uh, was just uh, what I'm saying about the trading of yeah, the turf yeah. now and then, being, you know, the uh, trucks being replaced, yeah. uh, replacing the boats. Yeah. And then nowadays, you know, it's different. It's oil and it's gas. And it's yeah, but in those days, um, it would have been a lot easier um, to actually get around in a car or in a truck coming oh, from Galway, coming uh, like from Galway City, coming from Connemara. You just drive and eventually you end up in Kinvara exactly. or wherever else. Like right. when you go into town now, it's absolutely horrendous. And I, I was obviously often enough thinking when I when I go uh, and walk mm. the dock at Trocht, yes. um, just looking across the bay, wouldn't it be great just to take ferry. a ferry, some sort of transport across, because that would take, what, 20 minutes now with a yes. good boat? I have no idea, but in around that, um, try to make um, Galway City now, Air Square, starting here from Kinvara yeah. uh, on a Monday morning. It could be anything up to an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, like, I suppose the only d- difficulty is it's tidal. You know, uh, because, sure. you know, that's a yeah. disadvantage, yeah. you know, yeah. so uh, maybe, maybe yeah. it's a disadvantage, yeah. but everything can be overcome. I'm, I'm sure, like technically, but there's, there was one thing actually um, that still um, was on my mind. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what about Kinvara being an expensive place? When I look around, when we came here, so that would have been uh, four years ago, um, we would have found, we were looking for a house and we had a bit of money, but uh, we um, found Kinvar extremely expensive compared to North Mayo, for example. Sure, there are mm. geographic advantages and disadvantages being closer to Galway, having the, 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 the motorway to Dublin. I mean, realistically, Dublin is two hours away now, but... Um, it seems to be a very expensive place. Well, s- surveys would have shown in the last four or five years that Canberra, relative everything relative, is yeah. the most expensive place in Connacht. <laughs> which is, yeah. well, you know, when you give some place a, a great name, right, mm. and a good name, it's a, di- a huge disadvantage too. Too much promotion. Too much sure. promotion, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Things are, are r- outrageously expensive. Yeah. Uh, in this, in the sense of property, yeah. they, there's no justification for it yeah. because uh, half an acre is a half an acre, or a quarter of an acre, or one tenth of an acre. Is because it depends on where the house is. Absolutely right. You know, um, 
when I originally bought the the site just above the graveyard, yeah. right? They prior to three years or four years prior to when I bought it, uh, yeah. they were getting two hundred fifty thousand for the yeah. site, you know. Yeah. And then that they were able, you know, they were damn glad to sell yeah. it at eighty thousand. We'll say uh, four years later, yeah. it was the same yeah. square of it's, rock. It didn't change. A it bit. didn't change yeah. a bit, and the distance didn't change. Yeah. It didn't move nearer yeah. or further away from town. Yeah. So there, I, I'd see there's just absolutely no justification, yeah. but it's so bloody popular. It Anybody is. that I've ever spoken to that long after I left right. Canberra yeah. said, oh, my God, why did you leave Canberra? Yeah. You know, it uh, is beautiful, the whole setting. I mean, whatever you're into, if you're into mm. landscape, <laughs> if you're yeah. into nature or if you are into entertainment. I mean, mm. what I see now, it's a great place. It yeah. um, but thinking about it, say, um, Clarenbridge, I think we had this discussion before that Clarenbridge is not really an attractive place, but it's very um, expensive now. But it's a lot closer to it Galway. Is. So it is to some degree more feasible to live in Clarenbridge and work in Galway City whereas Kinvara is then a good bit further out mm. um, and that I always thought and fair enough Limerick is not that far away mm. either but doing this on a regular basis sitting in the car for an hour each way to work uh, kind of makes a place financially to to buy a house uh, more unattractive I would have thought um, and the opposite is uh, is True, that Canberra is a very expensive place. It, it, it is. And uh, uh, now, if you're working from home, then okay. it's a big plus. Sure, you have the beauty and the peace around you. Right, you, you have it all then. on your yeah, doorstep. Yeah. That's right. You it is a, beautiful. There, it no is. Doubt. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But to say that you know a three-bedroom semi-detached, you know, is worth whatever. <clears throat> let's say four hundred thousand. Yeah, it is not. Let's be honest about yeah. it. Just uh, let's say it, it is not. And exactly that house in Roscommon would be pretty oh, much half the price. Half the price. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but then again, you know, people make a yeah. choice. I don't want to live in Roscommon. That's that's perfectly uh, fine. You know, yeah. and demand, yeah. uh, you know, puts up the prices. Uh, but as an original Canvara person, you would agree that Canvara is very expensive, and you would even go as far as to say it is too expensive. Oh, definitely too expensive. Yeah, I mean, the houses are fetching, uh, you know, seven, six, seven, uh, eight, nine hundred thousand. Uh, nonsense. Uh, I don't care. Uh, well, fair enough. When I when and I think about. Look. When I think about myself now, like I'm in my 50s and mm. um, I find it a beautiful place. It's a great mm. place to bring up children mm. as well. Our kids love it here. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to live in Kinvara in my 20s. No. It's, uh, I, I'm a big city kid and I enjoy the yeah. amenities of big cities. A lot to be done, a mm. lot to be seen, a lot to be drank and yes. all that. Um but um, now, obviously, it's it's a fantastic place for us because of the age we're in. Like, um, no, I lost my train of thought. I meant, but I meant yeah, to yeah, yeah in your twenties, you would not want to be living here. But I know that a lot of people now in their twenties yeah. are going to America. They're going to Australia, yeah. right? That's because that's the age they're at. Because yeah. irrespect, it's perfect for our age group. Yeah. Yeah. It is perfect. Yeah. We have laid on entertainment. You know, we have a place to go out, have a coffee. Yeah. We can walk to the by the sea. We yeah. can go to the beach. You know, we can do all those things. Absolutely. Which doesn't interest yeah. a lot of. And then up until sure. you get to an age when you have done enough camogie and upper hurling, okay, then you want to do something yeah. different. Yeah. And I understand. And I yeah. meet all those beautiful yeah. young people and met several of them the last uh, month or two. Yeah. They're heading to uh, Sydney and they're heading to Melbourne. Oh, yeah. They're heading to the States, uh, which is, I think, is 
a terrible loss because they're absolutely gorgeous people. But I left it and I was glad to leave it. Young people should And I was 25, it. you know, uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, roughly. And or 26 or 7 maybe. But I was glad to leave it. Yeah. And I couldn't see the beauty yeah. of it either until people started to point it out to me when I got a bit older and a bit, you know. Well, of course, yeah, that's I called well, maturing. But yeah, I, I didn't see the beauty of it yeah. until people said, yeah. you know, it were annoying me. Yeah. said, oh my God, what I would give to live in Canberra. Yeah, well, so you're welcome to it. But then... But now I know what I wanted to say. So um, at, in my 20s, I wouldn't want to live here, but no. um, that's the one thing Canberra is actually missing still to this day. And I'm so glad that Chinese came in there. It was mm -hmm. about two years ago or yes. something like that. Yeah. Why don't we have a chipper? <laughs> you know, the chipper, you're coming from Tully's or Sexton's or um, whatever you were doing on a Friday night and you want a burger and chips. Why is there no chipper well, when you need it at one o'clock? I would have an opposite view on that. I do not want a chipper in Canvara. If uh, I would not promote a chipper in Canvara, <laughs> I think it breeds a lot of... Uh, untidiness it, it breeds a little bit of misbehavior at one o'clock in the morning fair enough i would not support it at all and if i had an opportunity for a vote i would vote against it fair enough uh, and that would be uh that would be my my opinion i've seen what it does i know we're talking about uh, bigger ta bigger state uh, see what it does in air square right you know uh, that's, that's a different ball game. I, I, it's a different ball game but it's a, it's a, it's absolutely a, horrible it's yes but yeah. you reduce it down, it's yeah. always untidy. I guarantee you that outside my gate, there'll be probably <laughs> two or three empty chip bags and a couple of Coke cans to throw in. Uh, uh, and I don't, I don't like the idea. I think the town doesn't need it in the sense it needs yeah, it, but it doesn't yeah. need that. No, okay, fair I, enough. I get you, but that was I the like the beauty thing. of the of the simplicity of the place. Yeah, you know, okay. But definitely, young people yeah. need more yeah. in Canberra than there's there for them at the moment. I, I, I'm not too sure because um, young people should, as we agreed, like they should Tra travel. Anyway. They should. And not every town, not every mm. village can have a college or a yeah. place of work for young people. True. Um, so they will inevitably leave, most of them anyway. There's yeah. only so much a village can do for young people. And I think what they have here, there is the GAA, um, there is um, a lot of sports around the place. Mm, I that's mean, true. Colga Football Club isn't that far away. That's right. Um, there's rugby in the city. That's right. Um, th th or there's Komogi, hockey. There's, uh, there's all you know, sorts of... And yeah. we have in Canvara, we have the GA, we have the... Uh, the, the soccer, which mm. is only on the fringes, fringes but we yeah. have it. Yeah, hockey. Um, we have the hockey, which mm -hmm. is a big thing. Yeah. And um, there's this uh, talk about building a swimming pool now as That's well. Right. We do have a lot of nature activities. There's a scouts, mm. actually for young people, there's a scouts kind of uh, chapter here in the, the area. There is well. indeed, yeah. There's sailing, there's surfing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's And there's drama, uh, starting to try up, uh, start up a drama uh, as well in the community center is it yeah they're going to they're, they're trying to get it off the ground drama yeah. uh for both yeah. you know one act and two acts three act plays and stuff like that cool yeah i'm just was part of that that was the initially there a couple of a month or two ago still and committee music is there anyway. and music is there yeah. yeah uh but it does tell you the fact is that people do want to leave because i'm talking to a lot of the, the first year students yeah. they all want to go live in Kinvara or they live in Galway City yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because a couple of them asked me do I know of any accommodation uh, in Galway City yeah, yeah, yeah. even though one of them has a car uh, and he brings one or two of his friends with him and I said you've got a car 
And I said, and you can pay for it because you're working, right? He said, yeah, I can, he said. But he said, I still want to live in, girl, in the city. Yeah, but young people. Like, it's you, you didn't have that attraction. Or that no. city didn't have the attraction for no. you. I grew up in a city, but uh, still, like, uh, until my sort of mid-late 40s, um, I would have said, no, I won't leave a city because it just has mm. everything I want. Like, yes. just for me personally. Yeah. And, and especially for young people. You want to go yes. to nightclubs. You want to socialize and meet a few lovely ladies or gentlemen. Yes. And it's all there. And obviously, drinking and driving is an issue. And yeah. having a car is not really an argument no. for a young person. Because, right. um, well, you're going to go most of most of young people would drink on a Friday night. That's right. So the car is not good to you. No good. And that's that's fair enough. But no, Kenvar is great. And I actually want to talk to more people now. And that's why I thought you would be the first one. Actually, you would establish a great baseline to talk about yes. Kenvara itself, as you're from here and nobody else is. Mm. And now I'd like to talk to a lot of people who are just like myself, who've come here at some point and for some strange reason ended up here and how yes. they find Kenvar. But at least there's a baseline there that um, you could tell us how um, Kenvar changed mm. being from here. Yes. So that in itself is great. Like. It, it is. It's, uh, it has changed. And I remember doing the Christmas shopping with my mom, you know. Uh, yeah. And uh, because uh, all my other members of my family thought I was spoiled, uh, my neighbor <laughs> used to bring us, right, bring my mom for Christmas shopping yeah. to Kenvara. Yeah. Big deal. The, this big smoke, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would be, uh, I would be at his house, at their house, and I would, he would uh, throw a coat over me in the back seat of the car, right? Mm. And he'd pull up, pick up my mom. No, no, he's not here. And they'd be all given out and crying. <laughs> but we used to go into um, Mary Ann St. George's, we'd say, oh. do a little bit of shopping, right? And pay up the bills was paid. Right? Yeah. She'd put in a, a bottle of uh, black cordon and, and it's, and it's what we call a sweet cake, Right, as a little, as a Christmas gift, right, you know, in with the thing, right, and our ordinary squash, you know, and sure it was fantastic when you got home, right, and uh, I remember the one time Christmas shopping, I was 14, right, and uh, it was the first time ever uh, a girl ever kissed me, right, okay, around that age anyways, but um, he, uh, it was arranged anyways that she'd meet me, right, but of course it's my first time. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I, we met, we walked down and walked down around this and, you know, where the Delamere house is, the one where the, the used to be the, the parish priest, right? Yeah. At the gate there, we stood there, right? Of course, in my excitement, I probably missed her. I probably the top of her head, I hit, I kissed her. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was funny, you know? Uh, it, it was funny. Uh, but uh, speaking of Delamere house, <laughs> one little piece of information. The first shot fired in County Galway in the 1960 Horizon was mm. shot in that driveway. Fired, oh, really? Fired in that driveway. There was a father, Meehan, I think, who was very uh, um, loyal, we'll say, and supportive of yeah. um, the insurrection, right? Okay. On the Easter, right? Yeah. The Easter Rising, right? And uh, they had, uh, they were bringing some guns t uh, to, to his place, right? Yeah. For somebody to pick them up, yeah. okay? But they obviously got a tip off. But Father Meehan got a tip off and he left the, the house, right? And they, RIC at the time, Royal Irish Constabulary, uh, called to the um, to the doors, right? And uh, Knox said he's not, the housekeeper said no, he's not here. And he wasn't here. He was, he was, he was hiding somewhere, right? And uh, 
two lads from Galway came out. Uh, no, not sorry, two lads from Ardrahan came over to pick up the guns, right? Okay. And when they drove, they had, must have had some kind of transport car, so they drove into the driveway and the REC was waiting for them and there was a, uh, there was a couple of shots fired. Okay, and that was the first shot fired in County Galway for the, uh, for the uh, 19, in the in, in the time of the 1916 rising, yeah. What's the deal with Clarem Bridge? I thought, you know, across from the post office there in Clarem Bridge, there's a house and there's a plaque on it. I, I thought that was kind of, they're, they're claiming something in the... Well, um, the, there was there was an ambush uh, and there was a barracks there one time as well, Yeah, right? There was an ambush in My Ord, uh, which is uh, kind of between Clarenbridge and Crawford, right, as well, for the Black and Tans, yeah, the time yeah. of the Black and Tans, right? But the plaque in Clarenbridge? I, I, I'm, has... not a, I'm not aware, but I would imagine yeah. there was a barracks there, right? Uh, yeah. An RIC barracks. Okay, right? so some other event happened there, but yes. it wasn't the first shot, and I yes. always thought that was no. that may have been the first no, shot the, in no, no, the first shot was fired in, uh, in uh, history tells us anyway, the first shot was fired in that driveway where I... Yeah. Had my first attempt at the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, uh, I take it um, that lady um, joined the convent. No, she never got over it. Uh, she never married. No, nothing. And um, she joined she's the still IRA. Crying, <laughs> she's still crying after you. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> she, a letter came a couple of well, Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. A letter came and saying, you know, but um, you know. Lovely, to, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I lovely to have met you down the green road. That was the green road, was said. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, sure, it took me a few few seconds to to scratch my head, you know. <laughs> okay, and anyways, uh, that that was it. But anyways, she immigrated, right? Oh, right. This girl, right? I was broken hearted, obviously. Of course, uh, obviously. How could she live? How could she? No, anyhow, no she did. Just she a, managed somehow. She managed somewhere, and she returned there a, a few years ago, right, <laughs> with her husband, right? oh, very funny. <laughs> whose name I shall not disclose. <laughs> But she knows and I knows. And I remember meeting her like a couple of years ago. And I said, I think I think we're just about at the 50th anniversary. I said, <laughs> I think we should celebrate, you know. Yeah, I hope someone writes a, writes a trat song about it. Like, yes. <laughs> I think they can. Love lost, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. Like.